coming up next on The Health Hustle. Trust the process. So I was, well, beginning of 2023, I was having extreme gut issues. So that's a whole nother thing. But just in general of what you're doing is going to work. So no, it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's going to be like you're going to see light at the end of the tunnel. What's up, y'all? Corey here. And on this episode, I had a chance to sit down with somebody who's become a good friend of mine over the past two years in Austin, Texas. She's one of the first people that I actually met and interviewed here when I moved here. Her name is Nikki Zaka, and I think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. Nikki is a health and wellness enthusiast here in Austin, Texas. She also works as a full-time enterprise account executive in a technology industry doing sales specifically, which is something that we tap into because she obviously has a lot of knowledge and skills. She also works with brands that align with her mission to empower people to find self love and confidence through a healthy and active lifestyle. Some of the things that we get into on this episode specifically are the differences between male and female hormones and why you should know those because the things that I do and the things that she does are very different for our health. How Nikki became the ab girl, which wasn't actually a good thing in hindsight. The lag period between your identity and who you actually are today. The dark side of gamifying your workouts, understanding your metabolism, being over socialized. I think you guys are really going to enjoy that topic. It's something I've recently discovered and and I think there's a lot to be learned from that. A masterclass on sales, as I mentioned, why you should never attach your identity to your body, trusting the process, and so much more. One last thing, if you're a health or fitness professional and you're having difficulties getting leads, one of the most common reasons that I see this is not having a well-defined niche. If you go to the link in the description, I have a free three-step process that walks you through exactly how to get clarity on which niche is best suited for you and your business. Without further ado, let's go. Nikki Zaka, welcome back for round two of the show. Thank you. Glad to be back. Excited. As I do with all my guests, I was digging back on previous episodes and yeah. doing other, looking at other interviews you've been on, and it was funny to look back at where you and I started. I know. Two years ago. Two years ago. I think you were one of my first podcasts that I ever did, and... You like just moved to Austin. Literally. <laughs> Literally had just got here. I knew nobody. And the setup was hilarious. It was in the Airbnb that we were renting out because I just moved here. Yeah. And it was literally like on the couch, microphones in hand, my shitty old GoPro. And look how far we've come. <laughs> <laughs> Both of us, honestly. I made it a goal after that to be on more podcasts just to get more comfortable and like get my name out and everything. So... I've had a lot of reps since then, and yeah. I definitely know you have, so yes. the whole podcast here has grown a ton, too. Yeah. Love to see it. I think this is going to be episode 132 or 3. Damn. And I think yours was like 60 or something like that. Yeah. 70, maybe. So, yeah. It's In the mid there, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Well, welcome back. I'm excited. Uh, a lot has changed in both our lives since we've last done a podcast interview. And honestly, where I want to start with, with you is I know you've had a kind of ebb and flow with your relationship with just food and health and fitness in general, because yeah. our previous episode is very different two years ago than what we're going to talk about here today. Yeah. And so I would love to start with honestly is like maybe where your initial relationship started with fitness and food and how that started. And then we'll slowly work our way up to where we're at today. Yeah. So full background story. Um, I was an athlete my whole life, but 
didn't really know my way around the gym. So, uh, I mean, I played all the different sports in high school growing up. I was a diver and everything. But when I got to college, it was D1. And so I got a lifting coach. I got a nutritionist and actually started figuring my way out around the gym. Um, it wasn't like obese by any means, but I was definitely the chubby friend growing up. And then in college, ended up losing 30 pounds just from learning how to lift and fuel myself better. Um, and so that's right around when Instagram was starting. There wasn't a ton of fitness influencers or uh, people posting about that, which is very surprising now. But mm. so got kind of lucky, right time, right place, I guess, posted the transformation. And that's how that started to blow up. Was um, your family into fitness at all? No, not really. I mean, sports. My brother's an athlete, too. He was a collegiate um, pitcher, baseball pitcher in college. And so, like, we've always been very sports-oriented, but not gym-wise. Um, and definitely not nutrition. Uh, they do eat somewhat healthy, but it's not like looking at macros and, like, really paying attention. Or I didn't understand any of that, too. Um, so when I started to learn all about that in college I got a little obsessed um, and so I went off on my own did all of these different studies was just like kind of using myself as a test dummy of what diets will work what food should I eat what workouts and all of that on top of what I was doing um, and what, what was the obsession stemmed from was it just because you were seeing the progress and like seeing yourself getting better and transforming or like external think, approval like what was it a little bit but it was more the way I was feeling so um I if I really am looking back at myself I've always been somebody that's just trying to get the approval from other people and not feeling like I was good enough I was always trying to keep up my with my brother or with my friends and feeling like I'm not the best at anything um, and so, and I was the chubby one. I didn't do, I was just mediocre at everything. So when I learned my way around the gym and I started actually creating these really big goals for myself, um, which was terrifying to me at the time. Cause I was like, I can't do anything good, but, <laughs> and then you end up like hitting those goals and feeling super proud about yourself and wanting to keep going and push yourself and see what limits you can break. And that just really excited me and it got the fire going under my butt, if you will. And so I fell in love with that feeling and it wasn't necessarily, I wasn't even trying to lose weight. I wasn't really trying to lose fat. I was just having fun with my team and it made me feel really empowered and really strong and really proud of myself. And so I wanted to share that with everybody else. So that's how I started on that little side hustle path too. Yeah, I'd be curious as to how those transformations happened. One of my favorite memes is, it's a photo of basically in your 20s, it's this guy that's like super shredded and it's like, you just wanna like look good naked. Yeah. And then in your 30s, it's this guy that's kind of like a little bit stronger and it's like, in your 30s, you just wanna be strong. And then in your 40s, it's like, you wanna be athletic. And then it's like everything past that, you just don't wanna hurt. Yeah. Basically, you just don't wanna be in pain. <laughs> And so I think a lot of us go through that similar journey. I know I for sure did as well as like when I first got into it, it was for sure just to like pick up tricks. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think everyone kind of starts there, which is okay. Yeah. Right. But if you're smart, you can kind of beat people to punch and realize that there's more to it than just looking good naked, which obviously you learned. Yeah. And that exactly like I started because of the feeling. But once you start getting those 
like I said, I never loved my body. I was never comfortable in that. As soon as people started saying, wow, you look really good. What are you doing? And you're getting all of these compliments and people asking you what you're doing and um, wanting help from you and like wanting to look like you essentially. And of course that's gonna be an ego boost. And you're like, I'm doing something right. I gotta keep going or push myself a little bit harder. And so I pushed a little bit too far, which is why we're here now full circle trying to kind of unlearn everything that I've been doing essentially the last 10 years um, and everything that I've learned how to do weight loss and fat loss just because of the full industry's changed too and what the, you're telling what they're telling you to do and the, all of the studies that are out there and how to get the best body that you want and body composition. I mean, everything's always changing, but I definitely went full force into all of that. And as a woman, you're told to get as small as you possibly can. That's when you look the best. And like you said, you're trying to look as good as you possibly can, especially in those college years and early 20s, you just want to be ripped and good looking and want everybody to want to look like you. And so I was definitely going way too hard on that and it ended up completely, am I allowed to swear? Fucking up my hormones and my biomarkers and everything, which I did not realize soon enough Mm. until it was like seven years in and now trying to redo all of that to actually be healthy. Yeah, I've talked to my girlfriend about that a time or two because I have obviously over this past year, for sure since we met, got a lot more into running than I ever have previously. Yeah. And it's been fun to see my girlfriend get a little bit more into the running side of it, but I also am blaringly aware of the fact that it's probably not as great for her as it is for me from a lot of hormonal standpoints, is that like I can get away with not eating being completely fasted, pushing my body really hard and still being fine versus for her, the same rules don't apply. No. (laughs) Yeah. And I learned that the hard way too. Um, I'll say it is different for cardio than for lifting. Mm. Um, and that's also personal preference. Women shouldn't be fasted for much in general. That's kind of a good rule, but I know my body and she might be similar to do runs, I don't want to eat before that or I'm going to be puking everywhere. So (laughs) if I'm running, I'm running early morning fasted and then I'm eating as soon as I'm done. Um, But you have to find what works for you too. But lifting, you will not see the same results and your hormones will be incredibly jacked Mm. if you don't fuel yourself properly around those lifts. Um, And like you said, fasting, it might work really great for men, but it does not go well for women. Totally. And so it isn't like women aren't just smaller versions of men. You have to look at it completely different. Totally. And I jokingly, sort of don't jokingly with her, tell her like, don't get so into running that you look like a runner. I prefer that you look like a lifter. <laughs> and I say that jokingly, but at the same time, I'm kind of serious. serious. Yeah, <laughs> because there's, I think there's a lot to be said about that is that generally speaking, I would say that honestly, most females would probably benefit from doing way more weight training than any form of cardio. Oh yeah. Just from an aesthetic standpoint. Yeah. And so I think it's cool that she wants to join me in the runs and I love it, but at the same time, it's like, don't lose that butt. Yeah. Like, <laughs> keep squatting. As long as she's doing both. I think you get 
the best of both worlds if you're doing both, to right. be honest. But right. yeah, everything in moderation. But definitely learned all of those little intricate details of what works for my body, especially as a female, the hard way. So yeah. trying to be fully transparent with everybody now that I learned because you can't really... That's a, another whole topic to get into because I built my whole like following and community and everything based off of that weight loss and fat loss. And I was doing it wrong and I'm telling my clients to do it wrong. So I messed up my own hormones and body and biomarkers and I'm freaking terrified of how many people that I affected because I was telling them the wrong things too. And I think about that like every day. That's probably one of my most, I regret that the most. And how has that changed from a content creation standpoint in your world then? I think this is something that a lot of people would be curious about and could resonate with because I think a lot of us are, and I, I even preach the message of um, documenting your journey yeah. and kind of showing what you're doing and trying to hopefully help people along the way. Yeah. And I know for me personally, the biggest change that I have switched in my content and be curious as to what yours is, is that more speaking from this is my experience, this is what I did and this is what I've learned. If it's helpful for you, cool. Yeah. I try to never speak from the platform of like, this is what you should do purely because like, I just don't think people resonate with that. But also too, is like, I don't know you. Yeah. Right. And so I try to and just speak of hundred percent. Yeah. So I'm curious as to like how it's changed for you. Yeah. And I've done the similar thing cause my content's just my life pretty much. Like I'm not doing anything that's fake or like showing stuff that I don't actually do in real life. So it really is my true journey, but I was also terrified to go on like pivot and go on this new path because I did create a whole Instagram account and community and this big following based off of weight loss, fat loss. And, um, that's why people were drawn to me essentially in my head. It was like my identity. I have abs and like people would call me the ab girl and stuff. And like, literally it'd be like, Oh, get fit with Nick with the abs. Like you don't even know how many times randomly, like I'm on rainy street or something. And somebody came up to me like that. Really? Yeah. And so like, talk about an ego bump. Well, yes, it was awesome. But also subconsciously I'm like, okay, I'm the ab girl. That's who I am. And so then to come to find out after having all of these symptoms and everything that's going wrong and realize I have to completely change my lifestyle and what I'm doing, I have to gain fat to be healthy. And in my head, I'm like, people aren't going to like me anymore. People aren't going to trust me anymore. Mm. I'm going to be unfollowed everywhere. Um, I got into my relationship when I was at my smallest weight during COVID. Am I going to be attractive to my partner anymore. So that was a huge thing too. I was just terrified in general of everything. So it did take me a good, like probably six to 10 months to, in my head I was eating more and doing the right things, but I really wasn't. Mm. It was just like not seeing any progress. So it did take me a while after I realized all of that to like fully commit and make the change um, for my lifestyle and for my content because it terrified me, both of them, to eat more and to change what I was doing. Totally. I like this idea that I heard from Mark Manson in regards to identity and how I think it's important to remember that our identity often lags a year or two behind us. I'm sure you probably experienced that when people first started reaching or talking to you in public and they're like, hey, it's the girl with abs, yeah. right? I'm sure when that first <laughs> happened, 
you were probably like, what the fuck? Yeah, what yeah. is happening? <laughs> like you, like people recognize me or people know me. It's probably yeah. this like super weird moment until enough time passes where you kind of almost probably then started to adopt that identity of like I'm yeah. the ab girl, and then you start doing behaviors that are in line with like being the ab girl. Yeah. Right. So then to change from not being that girl anymore, I think it's important to remember for anybody that like there's a lag period of identity of that. You have to do something enough times. I still, to this day, honestly, I can't, I can't tell you how much I stress this, is that I still, this day, struggle with this idea of like being a creative. Mm. I've never attached to that identity, but I do a shit ton of creative things yeah. now from writing and podcasting. And, no, right? I completely hear you on that. Or like an influencer, which totally. I still cringe at that word totally. and I hate it, but I'm like, okay, I am one. I have been one for years now, but totally. <laughs> it takes a while. And I think that's true for yeah. everything though, right? Is like, even if you're on your fitness journey or your business journey or your entrepreneurship journey or your relationship journey, whatever it is, I think it's so important to remember that there's a lag period of this like identity that comes with it. And it just, it takes time, right? To move from one identity to the next. And I know you've had a few of these changes. You have to do like a mourning process almost for each one. But yeah, so that was, and I'm still, I'm not going to lie. Like it's not a quick switch. And like you were saying, there is a lag time with your identity. There's a lag time of like, I'm still trying to work with my mentality and my mindset that this is healthier, that I'm doing the right thing. Like mm. every time you look in the mirror, you're not going to just all of a sudden quick switch oh I look better now because I have more body fat like it it's a huge process so that's been very difficult but I think I'm getting better each month that I just stay consistent and I remind myself of the long-term goals and that I know I'm getting healthier now how do you battle back against that from an emotional standpoint of maybe not seeing what you want to see in the mirror or maybe not seeing what you're used to seeing in the mirror and just like continuing to move forward even though it doesn't feel right in the moment so i had to completely let go um i like i said i thought i was doing good by myself of actually eating more and making because i knew the lifestyle changes i needed to do um, but it wasn't until I was like, okay, I'm not going to get here by myself and hired a coach, decided to like fully invest. And I'm like, I'm going to, whatever he says, I'm doing it all in. I'm just going to like, let him take the wheel. I'm going to mm. trust the process. I knew going into it, I was not going to be comfortable. This is going to be an extremely uncomfortable whole process. It's probably going to take a few years, which it is. Um, and I just had to kind of continue to tell myself, okay, this is for your long-term goals. Like, I don't know if I want a family yet and kids, but I want it to be my choice. I don't want it to be because I don't have a period for five years and I can't physically have a kid. Um, I know that I want to live a very long, healthy life. My parents are almost in their 70s, traveling around the wor world, doing hikes and all of these physical activities. I want to do that. I don't want to be like frail and have my bones broken every time I walk when I'm in my 60s. Mm. So um, I think just having that long-term goal in mind, I mean, like, I'm going to be uncomfortable for the next two or three years. Mm. But then beyond that, I'm going to good to go. I know what I'm going to do. For people that have never had a coach or hired a coach or experienced, what's that like? Maybe what's some advice you could give to somebody like that? Because I know as somebody who used to be an athlete, diver specifically, right? Yeah. 
you obviously had experience with coaches, so yeah. it probably came a smidge more natural to you to now hire somebody to help with this new hormonal journey. Yeah. What if somebody's never had a coach or they they know that it's important? I think most people accept the fact that having mentorship and coaching is probably essential to their growth. Yeah. But what if they've never had one? What would you maybe recommend to somebody in that situation? Find somebody that you really trust and that you connect with. I think that's the number one thing for any goal, mm. to be honest. Um, I took a while to pick who I wanted to work with, and it's because he does so much educational content and podcasts, and specifically for the topic that I was looking for. He's worked with so many, and I'm not a bodybuilder, but he's worked with so many female bodybuilders that have lost their periods, have um, mm. really fucked up their hormones and their biomarkers, and then gotten their lives back. And so I'm like, he knows his crap. <laughs> and I've been listening to that a lot. And so you have a little chat with them. You see if you vibe. Like, if you don't like your coach, you're not going to listen to them. It's the same thing in sales. So right. full-time sales rep, you want relatability. You want to be likable and to be trusted. And so if you don't have that in a coach, you're not going to follow what they're saying. How long did you follow this guy or read into his content or just get an idea who he was before you decided to sign up? We actually were in this kind of fitness group together um, on social media for a while. So I was seeing his content for like a year or so, I would say before that. Um, but then I started listening to his podcasts more frequently when I was like actually looking for a coach. So that was probably like four to five months of yeah. listening to different people and just being like, okay, who do I really want to trust with this right now? Like, cause in my head I was like, I'm going to go all in on whoever I go with and whatever they tell me, no matter how scared I am, which I was terrified cause he jumped my calories up to 2000 right away, which I was eating about 1200 a day. So I was like, I'm going to be a cow in like five months. <laughs> um, but I was like, I'm trusting him. Whatever he says, we got to do this. So I wanted to make sure whoever I went with, I'm like, they know what they're doing. And I'm not just going to like end up going the complete opposite direction and completely messing up my hormones and biomarkers on the other end. I'm going to be a cow in five months. Literally. I was like, you can't expect me to eat 2,000 calories right now. Like, I'm 5'2". Yeah. I, at the time, was probably around 110 pounds. So I was like, I, I'm a short girl. Mm -hmm. I can't... I, I put on, like, two pounds. You notice that. Totally. <laughs> totally. No, I get that. I honestly get the mental challenges. I think we've talked about before. I competed in a couple of physique shows. And it's so addicting and it was so fun. I had an Excel sheet, I remember very specifically. <clears throat> and when I would drop in weight, I would it, the number would turn green yeah. for like the 0.5 or whatever that I lost that week. And if I didn't lose weight, it would turn red. And it was like this really interesting psychological. Oh yeah. my God, yeah. My watch too. Yes. I think anybody can relate to that, even if you're not competing, because how I got into that very unhealthy phase was honestly, I wasn't that unhealthy until COVID. And I started working from home full time. And I started going from probably getting steps and doing one workout a day to three days, three times a day working out of like either walking, hit which is another story, but I was doing hit every day, walking every day, and then sometimes strength training on top of that. And 
I'm like looking at my watch because it was brand new. I just never had like a activity watch or anything. Mm. And then I got addicted. I think I'm very competitive, which is clear, but I started competing with myself of how many calories can I burn each day? How many um, steps can I get each day? And just trying to beat that every day, but not eating more to account for that activity. And that's not healthy. Totally. Yeah, it's like the dark side of gamifying fitness. I think that a lot of people can, I know I for sure have ever since I got my Garmin, is that I would 100% equate more running to the fact of ever since I got a Garmin because it makes it fun to see the progress, whether it's you're running faster or farther or your heart rate or calories or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Is that like, that is for sure the dark side of gamifying anything is that it does make it fun, but there's always a tipping point to everything. Um, so Same with food tracking. Yes, for sure. That's crazy to me though that you were 1,200 calories. That's so. It was a full circle talking about food tracking too. When I first started to lose all of the weight, um, what we learned in college was tracking your macros, totally. and so learned about all of that and like energy balance and all of that. And so when I first started doing it, I was like holy shit, I'm eating way more calories than I'm burning. And so realizing that, pulling it back and using the tracker to make sure that I'm in that balance. And then ended up like years later, I stopped tracking, COVID happens, all of that activity, still eating the same amount. And then my coach tells me, we're going to start tracking again, but this is to make sure that you're eating enough calories, that you're having enough protein. And I'm like, "Uh, I know what I'm about. Like, it's probably around like 1,700 calories or something a day. And I ended up tracking for the first week, and I was averaging 1,200 to 1,400 of calories, but burning 2,200 a day. And I was like, my metabolism is blocked right now. Totally. (laughs) I, uh, I definitely have had some ups and downs with that as well in terms of, actually, I got to give a shout out to my buddy Gunther. Uh, he follows me on social media, a good buddy of mine here in town. I don't know if you know him, but he's another like CrossFit or excuse me, high rocks athlete. But, uh, he, he saw a lot of my posts that I was showing about like some of the meals and some of the workouts that I was doing. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know what your calories are at, but he's like, but I'm 90% confident that you are for sure under eating. And I was like, and I was like, no fucking way. And he's like, just track it for just like one week just to see. And he was spot on. Yeah. Like for how hard I was training, I was not even close to getting enough calories into my body than I thought I was. And people think their metabolisms are like jacked or wrong or anything. It's because of that. Because if you do that long enough, it's not that it's messed up. Your body's so freaking smart. It adjusts. So Mm -hmm. you can like, and that's why all of my my thyroid, my liver, my hormones, everything was gone because my body's shutting those down so I can live because I'm not eating enough food for my body to actually function properly. I remember when I used to compete in shows and one of the side effects that I would notice when I get really close to show day is that I would be miserably cold. And I remember learning that it's because being warm isn't an essential thing to surviving. Keeping your organs running is the essential thing to surviving. So basically anything my body was doing to keep me warm was like, nope, fuck that. We got to keep your organs going because your calories are so low that you could die otherwise. And I was like, oh, like that's not good. (laughs) I know. That's why I was like, do I really have Raynaud's or am I just not eating enough? Because my hands turn white. Like um, my hands and feet are always cold, but... It still is, and I think I'm eating 
enough now, so we'll see. Damn. Um, <laughs> I want to circle back to some of the content stuff. So I know that you've had a bit of a change in some of the content creation, and I think this could be a helpful topic for anybody listening in terms of maybe what are the things now that you've been doing it for, what, 10 years or something like that? Yeah. Some crazy number. Which is wild. <laughs> I kind of just fell into this. I have no idea what I'm doing still. So in 10 years, <laughs> hopefully you can give some insights. So in 10 years... What do you, what has changed and what have you leaned in more now to that you have found to be helpful or useful or effective? Uh, I would say back in the day, I was trying to create stuff that I think would do well. Um, did not know anything about the al algorithm or anything. I'm just trying to think what would people want to see? And I think the big change since then has been what is important to me mm. and what it like we talked about am I just recording my life and my journey and hopefully these tidbits can actually help people and the right people will come to me and resonate with it so I'm doing it for me um, more so than for other people and I think that was a huge one it's like people can tell they can smell your bullshit <laughs> if you're like trying to act for them or something so what you see is my life the products that I use, the brands that I actually work with and believe in, and the my captions are very in-depth on what I'm doing for lifestyle changes um, and being transparent with my story. Love it. I uh, One of my favorite creators, <clears throat> you've probably never heard of him, his name is Chris Doe. <clears throat> his like brand goes by the future. And he was talking a lot about personal branding the other day, and I just took away a really good insight from it. And he said... Most corporations are trying to be more like a personal brand. Well, for whatever reason, though, most personal brands are trying to be like corporations, yeah. which is silly because the thing that people resonate with from a content creation standpoint are personalities. Yeah. And so the more you're like a corporation from a personal standpoint of like... They can't connect. Right, exactly. Yeah. There's no personality there. There's nothing for somebody to resonate with, which is so ironic that that's how most of us try to create content is we try to be like... We try to hide behind some sort of brand or image or who we see for sure yeah. which is the irony in that is that it's actually people don't connect with that they connect yeah. with the personality like I was so scared to be authentic and admit my mistakes or what I'm doing wrong and it's when I started doing that and kind of shining a light on hey this is where <clears throat> excuse me I fucked up like so you don't have to and that did way better mm -hmm. than the things that I thought would do well what is, uh, <clears throat> do you still like Instagram? I gotta ask that for somebody who's been doing it for so long. Um, I do because I think if you use it the right way, it's an incredible tool um, just for life. Like I use it to learn, to grow, to connect with people, to really engage with others and just to share what I'm feeling and like I my content's like kind of art in my own journal or essentially. Um, I don't like it for the, if you're using it to actually compare yourself to others, which I've done a huge mindset switch there. So instead of comparing myself, being like, okay, what do I see in them that I really want and how can I push myself to get that mm. instead of being competitive and all of that. And I don't like the petty bullshit that goes on of like the little trolls that are just on there to give hate and everything but I know that's more so a them problem than a me problem totally that's good perspective comparison is the thief of joy as they say yes um it's funny I was uh there's this idea I've been ruminating on about 
were that were over socialized hmm. i originally learned this from naval i believe you know who that is but he he's just talking about how kind of exactly what you're talking about how for all the socialization from social media to networking events to community building to any type of socialization mm-hmm. it always brings up the aspect that we are now comparing ourselves to other yeah and then through that we somehow want what they want based on what we see which is unfortunate because realistically you probably don't actually want that thing. You just think you do because you see it online or in your friend group or whatever it is. And it's just more like finding time for solitude, finding more time to disconnect and actually pay attention to what you actually want, not what everyone else is trying to convince you to want. And so I'm curious as a fellow content creator and someone who's obviously trying to help people on a digital platform, do you find time to disconnect and what does that look like? I do. I free. So I am somebody and I feel like we've talked about this before and you probably relate, but I'm like an introverted or an extroverted introvert because I need my me time. I will not function properly. I will not be a nice person if I don't have my me time by myself um, and very routine like that. But I need to get out in nature is probably the number one way um as i've been doing more like cold therapy like you too being in the ice barrel is like my own meditation because you're not thinking about anything else you're just like in your breathing in your own head and however long you do that but that's like my meditation because that's the only way i can shut my brain off really um but i'd say my favorite like just getting out and alone is walks in nature Mm. um, or traveling in nature and stuff. But every day I need at least some time to myself to just decompress. So something most people probably know you for is obviously as a, sorry to say, fitness influencer. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But what most people might not know about you is that you are more or less a very skilled saleswoman. Yes. And this is something I wanted to talk about. It's something I've been hoping to cover more on episodes as of lately is that I think everyone I get on the show has a unique skill that they can hopefully teach others about. Mm -hmm. And this is obviously something that you're skilled on. And so if you were to give us the world's shortest masterclass on how to be good at sales, what would that be? Listen more, Mm. like very straightforward. So people think sales is about talking and selling your own product doesn't matter what you're selling listen to the people that you're talking to understand what their problem is and then have something or a solution on how you're going to help them Mm. fix it and get there so I think the biggest thing is talk less listen more like I've in training they always tell you you should be talking 20 percent you're prospect should be talking 80%. You're really trying to get to know them and understand them. So I think that's the biggest thing that people don't understand. Do you try to sell everybody? Uh, I don't think I consciously do. I think everybody, not just in sales, is subconsciously selling something (laughs) because you always are. It doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or whatever. Like You're selling yourself. You're selling... Uh, your product you're selling your gym you're trying to get people to come do things with you like you're selling stuff all day every day without knowing it do you have any moments where it's kind of like backfired on you or like somebody felt maybe I don't know 
put off or offended by the fact that you were like quote unquote a salesperson or trying to sell them or whatever the case might be? Well, like starting out as a BDR and you're making thousands of like cold calls a day, I would say all the time because I had no idea what I was doing. Wait, BDR? (laughs) A business development rep, sorry. gotcha. And so your job is basically calling people and trying to get a meeting for your sales rep. Um, But as soon as they hear like, your company, they know it's a sales call. And like, I have gotten just cursed out on the phone, like screamed at, hung up on, all the things, rejection, just every single day, multiple times a day. So it's not a good feeling, but you definitely learn how to do it right and actually like connect with people instead of just selling something very fast. <laughs> there's so much set, there's so much to be said about having thick skin. Uh, my, did you, did you come to the generator lab thing? Yes, yeah, yeah, okay. that was so much fun. <clears throat> so if anybody doesn't know, I hosted like a, an event for all my previous guests at this sauna cold place where we could just like hang out and eat food and chat and whatever. And, uh, the best Friday night. <laughs> yes. Best Friday night ever. And, uh, I went around and like, I, I basically, I posed a question of like, how did we meet? And it was funny to hear how many people that I just like slid into their DMs and was like, hey. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it reminded me of just like, I guess, I don't know how unabashedly open I am to just like shooting my shot and like being willing to You have to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for anything, especially if you're an entrepreneur, if you are a, a content creator, even if you're trying to get with brands, like... The answer is going to be no if you don't ask. I'm always like, shoot your shot no matter what. Like the worst they can say is no. And then you move on. (laughs) Have you ever done the coffee challenge where you like, you ask for 10% off your coffee or something like that? No, I haven't. Just like at a random, any place. Yeah. Like literally go to your, any local coffee shop and be like, Hey, can I get like 10% off just to see what they say? Right? Yeah. I mean, like... I'm a barter. I try oh, to yeah. barter no matter where I go, but I don't think I've done that at like a big corporation, like a Starbucks or something. I, you know, I was talking about that with Matt Johnson recently. I was like, cause like, yeah, I think we assume for whatever reason in our psychology, we would like to believe that you can't barter with like a Whole Foods or whatever, name your Starbucks, name your thing. But maybe you could. Maybe, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think don't it's know. like the checkout process too. Is like, like if you went to HEB and you like call over the person, you're like, I have a coupon or something. Yes. But you'd be lying. But <laughs> like just trying to get something off. I don't know. I think that's what gets okay, me. Okay, here's my challenge <laughs> for anybody listening. Next time you go to Whole Foods, before you check out, be like, hey, can I apply like a discount code? Is there like a discount code button on here somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> and see what they say. Maybe there is. Maybe yeah. they could just like scan their card and be like, here's 10% off. They uh, have like an app. Yeah. yeah. Try to get the friends and family discount from somebody that works there. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> Third door. That's my one of my favorite principles. Uh, have you read that book? I'm familiar with it. I haven't read the whole thing. It's though. a really good book. Yeah. I mean, it's very similar, right? Essentially yeah. like you assume there's a front door and a back door, but in reality, in most situations, there's another way. Yeah. That's the idea, right? You just have to work hard enough and find it. Oh man. Okay. Um, something I wanted to cover here. I have a few other notes was, um, your, your tat, you said something recently on a podcast episode that I thought was really interesting. And you said, um, never attach your body to your identity. What do you mean by that? So I, like we talked about a little bit before with the abs and everything. Um, essentially what I'm trying to get at that is your body, something that's going to change constantly. I mean, you're going to go through cycles of life and everything. 
attach your identity to who you are as a person because in your soul you're probably not going to really change that um, your body is going to be there's so many outside external factors that go into that that you don't really have control out of mm. sometimes um, and so really learning to be okay I'm not the ab girl I'm somebody that can actually provide really good value by being honest and creating the content that I really want to and believe in and the brands that I love that's been helping me along the way. Um, and people are going to come to me because I'm transparent, because I'm open, and because hopefully I'm a good person, but not because of the way that I look in totally. my body. What do you think that you attach your identity now then to? Um, I think some of those things I'm trying to attach myself to how I make people feel so mm. my goal always is trying to leave whoever I'm having a conversation with do they feel better about themselves um, now than from when I spoke to them so I kind of joke with my friends like I'll always be your biggest hype girl but that's super serious I want to make other people feel good because they remember that Hmm. I think you do a really good job of it, honestly. I mean, it sounds like you're intentional about it, but I genuinely feel like you do. Every time I've ever engaged with you, I feel very good about that engagement. Thank you. So, <laughs> serious, I mean that sincerely. No, like, that does mean a lot, so thank you. Yeah. Try to be just positive with other people. Yeah, and the reason I wanted to bring up that I, that topic was because like, I think I was in the same boat with just the aspect of some, I guess you could call them basic, but really life-changing is things like honesty, just like character traits, yeah. I think is something I try more now to attach my identity of like, was I honest? Was I kind? Was I giving? Like just very, what one would say basic. Yeah. But I think that's just a better way to build a life than like, how did I look? Or how did I sound? Yeah. Or oh, did I, was I able to accomplish this goal? Like those are fine, but it's not a great place to attach your identity. Yeah. It's again, going back to your core values instead of more of those like physical attributes. Mm. So I think it's way more important. If you were to distill down your values into just a couple of them, what would be the biggest ones? I mean, honesty. So just being transparent with everything that I do. Um, I don't know if this would be like a core value, but just, I think growth mindset. Mm. So trying to be better than I was, yesterday, the year before, 10 years before. Um, and I feel like I have a lot of them that I want to go through. Do you set goals? I do, I set goals, but I would say, very, like I used to set very strict, hardcore goals, especially like as an athlete in the gym and stuff. And now it's more so how like big picture goals if that makes sense so what do I want to accomplish in 2024 how do I want to feel at the end of the year um and like bigger goals towards my longer lifestyle choices like I know I want to retire and have a beach house and be traveling whenever I want and not think about money how am I going to get there this year mm, love that I'm more of a mountain guy but you can <laughs> the beach is all yours you can have it um I'll take it <laughs> Uh, I have a round of rapid fire questions. You've done these before, but I'd be curious if they've changed. Yeah. Uh, number one, what's your best business advice? Be genuine. Good one. Uh, is this different than your best marketing advice? 
Uh, can I change my business one? Sure. <laughs> I think the best business advice is probably find what excites you mm. and follow your gut. And then the marketing would be genuine because it resonates with people better. You know, I was just, uh, did I write about this, post about it? I don't know. I put it somewhere. But I was thinking about this idea of um, basically scratching your own itch. I think is like a great way to look at business in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's the way I feel like, obviously that's how you got into the fit with Nick stuff was yeah. like, you had a problem, you scratched it and now you're doing the same thing with the hormonal stuff is like, here's my issue. I'm talking about it. I think that's always a great way, honestly, when it comes to like starting a business, I think there's value in like finding a market gap. Totally fine. But at the same time, it's like when you're scratching your own itch, it's like, you know, you have at least one customer yourself. Yeah. And there's other people that are going to be doing that. 100%. And then just like, you're going to be more passionate about it Mm. and more obsessed, if you will, if you do love it and it's something that actually matters to you. Man, that word obsessed has been showing up a lot in my life lately. (laughs) I've Mm. honestly been seeing it a lot too, but it's important. Yeah. It's, it's, it goes hand in hand too with like, I think there's a negative stigma around like getting lost in rabbit holes. But honestly, oftentimes I think that can be your strength. Yeah. Like if you are the person that gets lost in the rabbit hole on quilting, I don't know, name your thing <laughs> is like, there's probably a lot of value in that. Yeah. That you can help other people with. So. That's how you become an expert. Totally. I think. Totally. Yeah. And I, the only reason I say that is because I think there's been a lot of emphasis over the last couple of years of, staying focused and not getting distracted, which I think is good advice. But I also think too, that it can take away from just genuine curiosity and exploring what the benefits are from that as well. No, I like that because also I do believe in staying focused and I'm somebody that is extremely type A and like routine and I want to be in my element, just get shit done all the time. But sometimes if you get too focused, you kind of don't see like, I guess the holes Mm. that you're not seeing your blind spots. That's what the word I was trying to go for. Um, and so I think it is good to like disconnect and that's when your creativity comes in. Cause you, you can't always be creative if you're super focused. Totally. Totally. Uh, favorite part about entrepreneurship. This is an interesting one for somebody that does both your own business and a sales rep. I would say the freedom because I kind of will get to do whatever I want on that portion where I'm like reporting to somebody Mm. in my full-time job. But, um, I would say sales is also pretty freedom because I have my own book of business and I'm doing my own stuff. Book of business spoken like a true salesperson. (laughs) (laughs) When are you the most productive? Probably mid morning. Cause I'm definitely not a, I want to wake up super early and get shit done. But once I have like that hour to wake up, then I'll get shit done. <laughs> Do you know Bill Murphy? Have you met him yet? I know the name. I feel like I've seen him somewhere, but... His uh, willpower is his business. I had him on the show. He's great. I love him. He's a Canadian. And uh, that's like his tagline of his business is uh, drink mindfully and get shit done. Oh. <laughs> and every time I wear his shirt, yeah. people always like comment on it. Like, I love that shirt. Get yeah. shit done. Like, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's a tagline I love (laughs) who is your inspiration probably my parents Mm. um because like I said they're basically living the life that I want to like they're traveling all the time they're retired they literally have been doing four or five different trips like internationally every year um and they're well into their 60s so I want that 
just sooner just next year instead of yeah. 60s yeah <laughs> that's true tell me one secret or something most people don't know about you oh um when i was growing up i used to fake having an allergic reaction to get out of school <laughs> sorry mom really yeah how did you fake it uh, I know the certain spots where I get eczema. If I itch it enough, I'll start getting hives. And you would just go to the nurse and she would give you Benadryl and you'd have to go home. What? It's like, all right, go nap time. Well played. <laughs> uh, what would you change about yourself? Uh, probably. if I And I know this is something I could work on, but I've been trying and it's really hard. Uh, I definitely need more patience. So everything's super urgent to me in my head. And I get frustrated, especially coming from the Northeast. When I first moved here, I was like, holy shit, people need to like move. But so I've been better since then. I'm like starting to relax a little bit, but I think patience is something I need to continue to work on. Get shit done. Yeah. Let's go. (laughs) What's your favorite app or resource right now? Um, Well, obviously I use Instagram all the time, but that's the obvious one. I think CapCut for Mm. like video editing and all of that. I've been loving that recently. Mm. I've recently fallen in love with Notion. I've known it's been around for a long time, but from a productivity standpoint, fuck. We used that in my last company. Really? As a startup. Uh, When were you the happiest? Anytime I'm on the beach, just Mm. like relaxing with a book, not thinking about anything. So like in Mexico a few weeks ago, I just kept looking over at Austin being like, this is a life. Like I could do this all the time. (laughs) How many hours can you sit on the beach before you get bored with it? Oh, well we would, I have to get up and walk every Mm. couple hours or um, like we'd play football or go swimming and stuff. So nice. Not just sitting there, but just being on the beach with the ocean and everything. That's my happy place. Nothing wrong with it. Just curious. <laughs> I, uh, I struggle with the sitting on the beach thing for sure. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite part about Austin and you can't say the people? Ah, uh, that's always the obvious answer. Um, it kind of ties back, but like the energy and the vibes, I feel like there's just always something to do and people to see and networking going on. And if you want to learn about something, there's classes, there's events going on. It's mm. just a very happening city. It is a vibe. I have one last question. Before I ask that question, I want to acknowledge you, as I always do with all my guests, for a two-year journey. <laughs> for circling back with me it's so weird to think that you were literally like one of the first people that i had on the show when i came to austin and you've been very kind and generous and fun to be around ever since and you are same to you you do have a personality that i think people naturally gravitate towards and i want to acknowledge that thank you that means a lot back at you i think that's why you've done so well here and like literally master connector meeting everybody so fast (laughs) so thank you I think you know everybody in Austin here now. I'm trying. Um, last question. So if you were, man, this, there's a few ways we could take this one because it's been a few years since we've been on the show. So let's say you were to go back to the beginning of 2023 mm-hmm. and you were to start over from, we'll take this from a health journey standpoint, and you were to give advice to your younger self that you now know now, obviously a year later, to yourself back then a year ago, mm-hmm. what would you tell yourself? trust the process. So I was, well, beginning of 2023, I was having extreme gut issues. So that's a whole nother thing. But just in general of what you're doing is going to work. So 
know it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's going to be like you're going to see light at the end of the tunnel. Mm, I like that. Nikki Zaka, thanks for being on the show. Hey friend, thanks for listening to the show. And if you have any feedback for me about the show or any other guests that you'd want to see in the show, definitely shoot me a message. I love engaging with my audience and figuring out how I can provide the best value possible to the people listening to this show. Before you go, I only have one ask of you and that would be to check out my three tips Tuesday newsletter. It's three marketing tips every Tuesday specifically for the health and fitness entrepreneur to help them attract new leads. If you press the link in the description, it'll take you directly to the archive of all my previous newsletters and you can decide for yourself if it's something for you. If you end up finding it helpful, you can just sign up for the newsletter and you'll get it in your inbox every Tuesday. Thanks again and keep hustling my friends.